0: Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and nerf Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm film scholar Noelle LaCroix.
1: And can I just say, men. (laughs) Anyway,
0: we're here today to talk about The Wish, the ninth episode of season three. The Wish aired on December 8th, 1998, and was written by Marty Noxon, with Doug Petrie as story editor and Jane Espenson as executive story editor. And it was directed by David Greenwald.
1: Marty Knoxon, Jane Eskinson.
0: I know. That's like my dream team. Doug PC right? too. I love them.
1: Yep. And the reason that we get so excited is that we are a fully spoiled podcast. So we're gonna talk about everything. Writers, directors, but mostly characters, character <laughs> arcs. Uh you know, all of the, all of the twisty turny things that happen in the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So if you have not seen the entire show, get on that because it's <laughs> definitely worth it and we will be here because I mean we don't have anything else to do (laughs) we got nothing else going on we got nothing else (laughs) going on in our lives we'll just we will be here for you that's one of the many services that we offer here at Chipperish Media (laughs) we don't play well with others now we're going to ask you this once and then we're going to go on patrol In The Wish, Buffy, Willow, and Xander engage in some daytime demon slaying. Buffy's worried about Faith withdrawing from the group, and Xander recaps the whole Willow-Xander cheating scandal while applying some self-serving retcon to the whole situation.
0: But you know what really bugs me?
1: Okay, we kissed. It was a mistake. But I know that was positively the last time we were ever going to kiss. Darn tootin'. And they burst in, rescuing us, without even knocking? I mean, this is really all their fault. Your logic does not resemble our Earth logic.
0: At school, Cordelia meets up with her old friends and is introduced to Anya, the new girl whose family just moved to town. Harmony seems to be ready to take Cordelia back into the mean girl fold, but then humiliates Cordy by suggesting that she should hook up with Jonathan. Later, after taking another shot from a popular boy who doesn't want to be seen with her, she bumps into Anya, who takes her side.
1: I'm not even thinking about him. I am past it. I am living my life.
0: Still, I know which kind of wish
1: I don't wish I act starting now Xander Harris is going to get a belly full of just how over him I am at the Bronze Willow Buffy and Xander commiserate while Cordelia puts up a big show of laughing and having fun with her new friends when Buffy sees Cordelia stepping out alone into the alley she checks on her but as they're talking a vampire attacks and Cordelia gets knocked into the trash Buffy slays but Cordelia's not interested The next day at school, she vents about Buffy to Anya and makes a wish that changes everything. I never would have looked twice at Xander if Buffy hadn't made him marginally cooler by hanging with him. Really? Yeah, I swear. I wish Buffy Summers had never come to Sunnydale.
0: Ah! Done. The world goes white, and when Cordelia can see again, Anya is gone and everything is different. Cordelia has her friends back, all the guys are interested in her, and she's on top again. But it turns out things aren't that great. Everybody's wearing dark clothes, and they have to rush home before sunset, and Xander and Willow are dead. Cordelia heads home, but the sun has gone down, and the streets of Sunnydale are full of vampires, like Xander and Willow. No. No. No way!
1: I wish us into Land, and you guys are still together? I cannot win! As Cordelia is set upon by Xander and Willow, Giles, Oz, Larry, and some girl named Nancy pull up in Oz's van and take her away. Xander and Willow go to the bronze and report that Cordelia mentioned Buffy to the master and he sends them back to kill her. They can't afford any trouble with the big plant opening. At the school, Cordelia tries to explain things to Giles, but before she can finish, Xander and Willow show up lock Giles in a cage and feed on Cordelia, killing her. Oz and Larry come back and report that Nancy's dead, which, of course, she is because she's the girl. Duh. Anyway, as they're carting Cordelia's body to the incinerator, Giles notices her necklace and takes it off her and then calls Cleveland to ask for Buffy. At the bronze, Sander and Willow report to the master, who is so pleased he lets Willow play with the puppy, which turns out to be Angel in a cage. (laughs) You remember I told you about the plan? All those people you tried to save? It's gonna be quick for them.
0: Not for you, though. It's gonna be slow for you. That's right, puppy. Well, it's gonna make you bark. At the library, Giles finds the necklace in his book. It's the symbol of Anyanka, a vengeance demon. He rushes home to get more volumes, because he's Giles, and sees a group of people being herded into a truck by some vampires. He rushes out, holds up a cross, and the vampires back off. The people run away, but another vampire knocks Giles down. And just as they descend upon him, a girl in baggy cargo pants and a bad attitude tears the vamps apart.
1: Buffy Summers?
0: That's right. Want to tell me what
1: I'm doing here? Giles brings Buffy up to date on the goings-on in Sunnydale and tells her about destroying Anyanka's power center to change everything back. Buffy's not interested. She just wants to kill whatever she needs to kill. Buffy heads out to the bronze to find the master and take him out, but the place is empty. In the basement, she comes across Angel in his cage. He offers to bring her to the master at his factory. She walks into the cage to unchain him, but he flinches when her cross gets close to him.
0: Oh, you got to be kidding me. Wait! I won't hurt you. No, you leave that to your master.
1: You don't believe I want to help you? Believe I want him dead.
0: At the factory, the master is unveiling his new machine that drains victims of blood, pouring it into glasses for the vampires. Oz, Larry, and a bunch of other humans are behind bars, waiting to be slaughtered. As the master grabs a human and demonstrates the machine, Buffy and Angel show up. Buffy shoots a crossbow at the master and lets the people loose. A fight breaks out. At his apartment, Giles summons Anyanka, and she tries to kill him, telling him that this is the world now, and isn't it wonderful? At the factory, we watch as the fight ensues and Angel dies. Oz and Larry dust Willow with a shard of wood. Buffy stakes Xander and then has her neck snapped by the master. And then Giles smashes Anya's necklace. You trusting fool! How do you know the other world is any better than this?
1: Because it has to be. Flashback to the moment when Cordelia made her wish, and she wishes all sorts of terrible things on Xander, Buffy, and Willow, and Anya is powerless to grant those wishes.
0: All right. So Noelle, The Wish, one of my favorite episodes. I Love Me, A Bizarro World. And this is classic Bizarro World. Everything is different. Everybody is in a new context, except Oz, who I think pretty much stays the same guy, right? (laughs) Aside from him, everybody's different. Everything is different. I love it.
1: It's so, so wonderful. And just, I mean, Oh, so many good moments. So I many know. good moments. But we get, I love that we get to focus on Cordelia, at least mm-hmm. for the first half of the episode. It's right, really, really cool to get. Have we had a Cordelia-centric episode? No, not, up not yet. Up to this point? I don't yeah. think so. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I love it so much. I mean, and it's not without problems, but sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll get there when we get there. But
0: oh, well, man. it's really fun. I love the opening with Cordelia without makeup. I mean, Charisma Carpenter is unnaturally beautiful, no matter what. <laughs> um but usually she's all always very carefully made up, and to see her in this like really human and vulnerable state. Um, it's, it's really engaging when she's there and she's burning those pictures, you can feel so much for her. She's so incredibly vulnerable. I love it.
1: I love that, that moment so much of her sitting on her bed, cutting up pictures and burning Mm -hmm. them in a bowl. It's this wonderful kind of everyday magic. Mm Um, which, you know, really is something that I think a lot of us do, you know, whether we call it magic or not, it's something that we do when we have big feelings, like mm-hmm. that feels really appropriate somehow that you might like, you know, burn all the letters or cards that someone sent you or, you know, <laughs> oh, like... honey,
0: my house was an incinerator for like a year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the, you know, that is something that, that, works in the world in this mundane sense. But also mm-hmm. I love the way that we we make it look sort of magical and feel sort yeah. of magical with Xander's messages playing, you know, mm-hmm. one after the other in the background as she's doing this. And then at school, Willow mentions Amy, who we yeah. know from Witch, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, mentions seeing Cordelia at the mall looking scary. And I kind of right. love this like witchcraft fake out. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like the idea that that we're going to maybe go into the space of like Cordelia tries to work a spell. Um, right, right. But of course, that's not mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. She looks
0: scary in a different way. <laughs> right. She looks scary because she is going to cut a bitch. Like when she gets out of that car and she's wearing that red leather outfit and her oh, makeup God. has changed. I mean, she looks she looks 30. She looks like a lawyer about ready to kill somebody. And she's going <laughs> into the school and it just, she looks so much older. Um, yeah. It's really, really crazy. Um, But also like that red leather outfit feels like, and, and the makeup, everything feels like armor, her hair, everything. Yeah. Like, you know, she has been wearing sweaters and like little, you know, Catholic little, girls like skirts little, and she's... Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is she's dressed for evening. She comes into school, and it is just such a drastic change in her. And I kind of love the way that they styled her because that is armor she's wearing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's um it's sex armor. I mean, she's ready to ride like this, which is I mean. I love like the grossness of that line, but also it's just so great. And then Cordelia or um, Harmony says, "Well, I have just the stallion for you," and I'm like, oh, "Ew, my... ew, ew,
0: ew!" But also,
1: like, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. But yeah. I love, I love Cordelia. I love the way Cordelia kind of embraces her, her sexiness and her yeah. her sex appeal as part of her power. Right, like, she's. Yeah, she's gonna go to school dressed in red leather and heels Mm -hmm. and, you know, smoky eye for daytime and you're gonna deal with it. (laughs) 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 Look
0: out. Like Exactly.
1: it's, It's so good. It's so so good.
0: It um, really is. And I love like how uh, Harmony. OK, now Harmony, I love. Oh, my God. Harmony, Harmony. <laughs> is one of my favorite characters in the entire run of this show. She's so fun. She doesn't get good yet. She's just your classic mean girl bitch at this point. You know, mm-hmm. she really doesn't get to be fun until after she becomes a vampire. And then she's really fun. Um, but she's so fucking horrid to cordelia after everything cordelia has been through and then and also like poor jonathan to be the one that they joke about you know uh cordelia dating that's so incredibly cruel and the way they all giggle and laugh and i gotta say at the end of this episode when we have one of the cordettes, you know, being sacrificed, should have been harmony because at least there would have been like a little bit. I mean, maybe it's not harmony because we wouldn't have felt so bad for her. <laughs> but damn, maybe. Damn, yeah. yeah, that bitch needed some comeuppance. Something needed to happen to her. <laughs> she needed to get like killed by a vampire or something in this episode because she just was so awful.
1: She's so awful in the real world, but then when we get to Bizarro World, I, I sort of feel for Harmony a little bit. Like, she's, yeah. we see how rattled she is by the world. Mm-hmm. Um, She's so, like, she's a little bit more tender. She's got that right. kind of, you know, why would you say that about, you know, the bronze? Right. Why would you? And she's she really is um i don't know you you just see you see what living in that world has done to the cordettes yeah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i mean and talk about you know clothing shifting you know like (laughs) the cordettes looking like they're going to a funeral it's so wonderful i know
0: it's So good it is. I mean, it's really, it's really crazy. And then you know, poor Cordelia in the middle of this. They're like, "Why are you wearing these? Come bite me!" Colors, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like colors get their. And we've never had that as part of the vampire lore before. That like they're attracted to people wearing bright colors. You know. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of interesting. Um. You know. And then of course we've got the the teacher. As the bell's ringing, rushing to get out, and like, tomorrow's yep. our monthly memorial, We're so all, uh, no, no class. school. <laughs> <laughs>
1: our monthly memorial. Yes. rolls Trippingly off the tongue.
0: Well, which but, honestly, they could probably use in the regular world because that's a true. lot of those students, you know, kick it every uh, every month. So. That's true. And we <laughs> the don't. The death toll really at Sunnydale. Yeah, yeah, we don't it's really notice casual. or knowledge
1: that yeah. kids die because, of course, then that would become what the show was about, and that's not what the show is about,
0: right? Well, and we <laughs> had that with Larry at the beginning of the season when we had the rope sequence, and he was like, "If we can have, if, you know, if we can get our, <laughs> our shit together, and if not so many like <laughs> unexplained deaths, um, you know, then the football team is going to roll. You know, and he's got the whole thing. Like, love it's it. Very fun.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. But we've got so so Cordelia. I mean, poor. <laughs> Poor Cordelia trying Mm -hmm. so hard. Like she's, she is mourning Xander in her own, in her Mm -hmm. own photograph burning way. Um, After last week when she finally put his pictures in her locker. It's so sad. And now she's got to
0: cut them all up and everything. Yeah, she's got
1: to cut them all up, which she does. I love that she cuts up the pictures before burning them. Like we're really, really, really hammering.
0: Yeah, those, and cuts you know. each individual person. Yeah. She cuts Willow, she cuts Buffy, she cuts separation.
1: Mm-hmm. Separation. So Cordelia, you know, she's ready to have her old life back. Mhm. And then she can't, you know, she can't get back in with the with the Cordettes. I mean, right. harmony just being awful to mm-hmm. everyone is so hard to watch. Yeah. Um and it's I mean, it's really What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I I feel for Cordelia more in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think than i than I usually do.
0: Um, well, usually we don't have Cordelia in such a state of vulnerability. We she's usually. I mean, even when she's uh, occasionally the damsel of the week.
1: You know, mm-hmm. where she
0: was with uh, out of mind, out of sight, how, how it was with some assembly required, you know, mm-hmm. where they were going to cut her up into little pieces and make, right. a, you know, a super dead girl out of her, um, you know, so even but when she's the damsel, it's just like she's in danger, but her like emotional, you know, vulnerability hasn't really been on the table much. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but here, you know, her discovering Xander cheating with Willow, then, you know, falling and being impaled by rebar for oh, Christ's God. sake. That we was didn't, awful.
1: We didn't talk about that moment. But, you know, I mean, talk about vulnerability when she mm-hmm. just she goes, I fell. I just oh, like my, my heart just breaks. I
0: know. My heart
1: just breaks for her. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, in Lover's Walk where we have some you know double yeah. meaning in our title you know i fell right. and then mm-hmm. she tells xander i can't see you
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know i can't i can't see you because we think you know she's dying right she's, she's dying, blacking right. out so we but are a lovely little fake out from last yeah. week yeah
0: mm-hmm. oh
1: man oh man oh man oh man so like serious vulnerability i think is carry at least for me is carrying over some too yes no
0: absolutely from mm-hmm. from
1: last week but mm-hmm. what i love about that is that after last week's you know Cordelia death fake out Cordelia actually
0: dies in right. this episode which and is it's... really shocking to see that because she's kind of our POV character mm-hmm. up until that point and then we sort of switch over to Giles yes. who becomes our POV character and the hero of the of the piece um, but to have this I mean and poor Cordelia like we just said we haven't really had a Cordelia centric episode she gets a finally a Cordelia centric episode and they kill her in the middle of it you yeah know? yeah
1: but it's kind of a wonderful, you mm-hmm. know, Hitchcockian twist. Yeah, and the, the, it's a good turn. Yeah, the example that everyone points to is Psycho, because, of course, mm-hmm. that was so shocking. Right. Um, mm-hmm. when, when Hitchcock killed his protagonist, you know, a third of the way through. Right. <laughs> yeah, third of the way through the film, you know, this character right. that we've been following, Um we're also fully spoiled for everything else. On still pretty, right. we're going to spoil we're the, we're everything. We're
0: going to spoil sixty-year-old films as right. well. So Rosebud is a sled. <laughs> you know, it's Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. time. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Jigsaw is the dead guy on the floor. I actually haven't seen the Saw movies. So anyway. Oh yeah. Anyway, but we get you know, we get this shift of POV. Cordelia actually. Dies our our character that's moving yeah. us through this bizarre world, mm-hmm. you know is I mean and it's great we get a Cordelia right. sandwich on vampire bread which mm-hmm. kind of hot right. I mean <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna yeah. mm, I'm not gonna knock it the way that vamp Xander puts his hand on vamp Willow's head as they're both feeding on Cordelia I mm, gives me <laughs> it gives me some feelings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just you it gives me some feelings. gives me some feelings. I enjoy it. It is. I gotta say, like Vamp, Xander, and Willow are are pretty hot in this episode. But before we get to them, before we get to the joy and strangeness that is (laughs) Willow and Xander as vampires, um, I want to talk about Anya showing up. Because of course, as we are fully spoiled, we know that Anya is going to be a big deal through the rest of the run (laughs) of the series. Um, Love Anya. She is actually going to come in and replace Cordelia as not just Xander's girlfriend, but our resident truth teller, the speaker of... Of you know of the flat you know truth, um uh-huh. which is always a fun With, character. I really really love that.
1: No fucks to give. I With love. No fucks Anya. to give. I love I know. Anya. She's, and she's great. You know, I think at this point we have no, no idea. She's not
0: developed. She's yeah. a, you, no way like looking, and also like who she is as a vengeance demon. Um, You know, the whole, like, the face going all veiny and everything. We will revisit that a couple of times and bring that in as, like, part of the demon thing. But we don't really see it that much. It's not a big deal. Plus the fact that she loses her demonness in this episode. Mm-hmm. So she becomes a regular, you know, kid, which is hilarious oh, because we're going to get one so of funny. my favorite lines very soon. She's <laughs> like, I'm 1120 years old. Give me a freaking beer. beer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or Anya just trying to get a drink. Know. Oh my gosh, she's good. she's so great. So we don't get a, a real strong sense of Anya as a personality as a character uh in this episode, but just seeing Emma Caulfield, you know, is so wonderful. We don't utilize her comic timing at all. She doesn't tell one joke. She's not she's not funny at all in this episode, but it's just such a delight. To see her and this whole thing about you know the vengeance demon and when she's pushing Cordelia don't you just oh God. wish don't you and- wish yeah <laughs> yeah I don't love you. that I love all of that I think it's so so great um, the one thing though that I think is really weird is she takes off her necklace which is her power source mm-hmm. and puts it on Cordelia
1: yeah I didn't I mm- like why why. Why would that be a thing?
0: Because if if the thing getting destroyed, destroyed, because she's you know by the end of this episode when she's fighting with Giles, she's very invested in not losing this alternate world, right? You know, um, right? Which is a little weird, you know, because yeah. the thing is, is that she's not just getting vengeance on Xander or even Xander and Willow, like the entire world. You know, is getting like, you know, completely screwed by this wish. And she's actually, you know, condemning because Xander and Willow are already dead. They're vampires. But, you know, she gets Cordelia killed.
1: Yeah. And she's like fine with that. Like yeah. it I mean, and she's a demon. I mean that's the whole, you know, her she's whole a thing demon. Is, but, she's a demon But her whole
0: thing is she's a vengeance demon that she, you know, defends women and you know, and all of their So um so it's a little weird. I, I think that it's not completely thought out. And when we return to Anya later, we kind of retcon how all that works. Like she doesn't <laughs> you know, typically she gets vengeance on on people, on men, you know, because mm-hmm. that's her, her particular brand of vengeance. Um, but she doesn't, you know, create alternate universes or anything, you know, at that point. But it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, Giles is doing his research, right? Destroying the power center reverts all of the wishes that Anya has ever granted, right? Throughout time. So if you if you subscribe to, like, the butterfly effect, theory, right? right? A butterfly <laughs> flaps its wings and then there's a tsunami, then all the things that Anya has ever done to wreak vengeance on terrible men um, ha- has just gotten reversed. So, like, it doesn't seem like we would just go back to the regular world. It seems like the whole, like, everything would be different. I mean, and that's, you know, a huge amount of philosophy. And obviously, we just need this particular, you know, wish to have been reverted. Right. Um, but it's 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 a little weird like the world building of the vengeance demon and of anya and all of that kind of stuff i think is is thinly done and completely retconned later in the series but it's it's you know if you look at it too much you know if you if you turn your head and squint you can get past, you just like whistle past it right. but um but it, it doesn't really make any sense right
1: right and in this episode anya seems like it seems like Anya's going to be just another demon who right. we, mm-hmm. you know, like we deal with demon antics for this episode yes. and then we're done with those antics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I mean, you mentioned Emma Caulfield and how wonderful she is. I yes. absolutely love her acting through all that demon makeup. Yeah, when she's confronting Giles, at the and she's teeny, she is a teeny she tiny little She is a human. tiny little thing. She yes. is an action figure, and she is scary. <laughs> she is, she is scary really scary at the end. And you know, do you have any idea what I do to a man who uses that spell to say, "Oh man, oh, oh Giles is in yeah. for it."
0: In when for he it. summons her, I mean, it is yeah. pretty cool, and yeah. I just i I love the whole thing. Um, and Emma Caulfield. The thing with Emma Caulfield is that. What what happens throughout the rest of the run of the series is that she has this unbelievably sharp comic timing. She yes. is on the beat. I mean, she <laughs> like it's perfect. And so because she's so funny and she's capable of being so funny. Um, we basically make her the joke teller. She is the source of all the funny little jokes. You know, we just kind mm-hmm. of make her the comedy mule, you know, for the rest of the series. Um, gradually, she becomes that. The rest of season three, she's not quite so hyped. In season four, she sort of uh, takes in that, you know, the comedy mule role and then just carries it all the way through t- until season seven, when, or, uh, season six, I guess is when, when when Xander leaves her at the altar is when things get a little more serious and we really see and get more from her. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, she's a comedy mule, you know, yeah. through the rest of the series. And it's such a disappointment because when she's given anything, like I have not seen her... Um, Anything that they've given her to do from this episode where she's this, you know, really scary demon to Hell's Bells in season six when yes. uh, she and Xander break up. Uh, she becomes a vengeance demon again. And then we see, you know, so much more from her. Um, but like there's nothing they've given her that she hasn't like nailed completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Her her comedic timing is fantastic. Her face acting is yeah. fantastic. We get yeah. that. We get that here. Um, I get a sense that Anya is just, you know, it just occurred to her to say this. In the moment. Right. No, really, really great delivery on those lines. And I love her. I love her kind of steering Cordelia, kind of coaching her. Like, Xander, you know, Xander Harris, what a loser kind of. I know. know? (laughs) Which, of course, is hilarious when you know.
0: When you have the context of the whole series. It's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful that she came into this space. To, you know, specifically to make his life miserable. I love the idea, too, of the vengeance
1: demon. Yes. Cordelia is not really out for vengeance, but I love the idea of the vengeance demon trying to, like... Yeah. Inspire. Don't you wish? Like
0: you just, little... All you have to do is ask. You just have to it's ask, so and then I get to grant your wish. No, it's so fantastic. I love it. I, and there's, there's a... Um, there's a scene in season six where she's desperately trying to get, you know, uh, get people to wish, you yes. know, like get women <laughs> to wish for vengeance. Um, and it's just because she can't hurt Xander directly. You know, I think it's entropy when that happens. It's so wonderful. Like, I just, I love all of that. And she's so, so great in all of that. Um, and it, you know, and it brings up something that's going to be, kind of a question you know that we're that we're going to revisit a few times throughout the rest of the series is you know vengeance versus justice versus forgiveness mm-hmm. and you know what is because you look at somebody does something terrible and vengeance seems like an appropriate response you know but there is a moral splashback effect to vengeance you know but then there's justice and like What is the difference between justice and vengeance? Is justice just something that is served dispassionately? Justice is something that is, you know, metered out by some kind of authority figure, you know, Mm -hmm. who says, well, this is the appropriate response to this behavior or whatever. Like, it's it's interesting, you know. And then there's, of course, forgiveness, which is the most like, the least satisfying of all, you know. <laughs> so I, as a victim, have to forgive this motherfucker, and he gets off free. Like, you know, what the hell is that about? Yeah.
1: Yep. But what's interesting about, about the idea of justice, and I think that the wish kind of hints at this a little bit, is mm-hmm. the, this idea that when we're wishing for something, or when we are... are fantasizing about having a different reality or different experience we can't see the entire picture
0: right the the
1: reason the reason that everything goes so horribly is it's that you know butterfly flaps its wings in the rainforest kind of thing where okay Mm -hmm. so Buffy never came to Sunnydale Mm -hmm. and that has a huge effect on all of these things that Cordelia never would have thought of because why would it occur to it would never occur to right. her to even consider that yeah. Buffy's presence would have this effect on all of these areas of her life. So when we're talking about vengeance versus justice, I think mm-hmm. what makes justice tricky um in fiction and in life is that there are circumstances, there are... um you know connections to consider mm-hmm. that we might not necessarily consider, especially if we are the one who feels wronged right mm-hmm. so it's yeah. a i mean it's a really it's a really, really sticky um situation to be in, and that's why I mean, one would hope that the justice system would be um oh, I don't know, fair and balanced and right. <laughs> unbiased right. and all of the, but, you know. it. But and the it claim isn't.
0: everybody says is that the justice system, it's not a fairness system. It's a justice system. And I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. Like, uh, it's... Yeah. It's really it's really difficult and and these are not easy questions to answer of course which is why we end up spending so much time thinking about them, you know. Um because vengeance feels about right. Like somebody does something truly awful, mm-hmm. vengeance feels like it feels like justice and it feels about right. And but the thing that's interesting is that we have demons who are serving vengeance and i love this idea of the vengeance demon i love this idea of a demon that exists not for you know just because it exists not for pure evil but for a concept it it, it serves an idea you know and we have a little bit of this with ethan rain although he's not a demon but he serves chaos right right yeah. he just wants to throw shit in the air and see what happens right <laughs> um so I, I find it. I, I love this idea because we have so many demons that that end up becoming almost like, um, you know, it's it's like a, a a nature thing. Like they're just they're different kinds of demons, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're all basically like I just want to kill things, you know. And it's and there's nothing really that interesting about like what they do philosophically. But to have an entire group of demons, first of all, that as we're going to find out from Anya, that That are are humans, yeah. like that are that are brought into this fold, that are humans who are made demon with these powers so that they can serve vengeance. So they're not demons by, you know, by biology, you know, they're demons by philosophy. And I find that this idea of vengeance turns humans into demons. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like super, super queer, like in a queer theory space. That it's, <laughs> oh my god, I love
0: it! Make that like, connection for well, me. Well,
1: no, just that it's that it's about it's about community. It's about that community of demons serving right. this <laughs> cause. I don't know, like it's it, there's something like really. <laughs> Really twisty about that. And I mean, like, queer in the in the queer theory sense, not queer okay. in the, you know, queer people are demons, although some of us are.
0: Um, <laughs> no, I just well, love, you like, know, like let's, the, there, the philosophical of weirdness demons, of that right? is just...
1: Mm -hmm. It's just so, I don't know. It's super, super rad. And I I dig it. I think it's really interesting.
0: Okay, so as we talk about vengeance, let's take out a moment to hear from our sponsor. This episode of Still Pretty is brought to you by Vengeance.com. Vengeance.com, where the distinction between justice and revenge doesn't really matter because we don't really care. Vengeance.com, where the terrible people who do terrible things are turned into cockroaches, or at the very least, denied seats on the Supreme Court. Vengeance.com, where maybe there's a little karmic splashback for having the sociopath in your life conveniently hit by an ice cream truck but it's so worth it go to vengeance.com and use the code trust us it'll be fun to get your discount today or instead of spending your money on having the board members of every pharmaceutical company covered in chronic recurring boils which require a prohibitively expensive treatment and oh by the way are designated as a pre-existing condition you can just give that money directly to Chiprish Media so that we can keep making the great podcasts you love like still dead about angel the series listen up a-holes about the marvel cinematic universe orgasm about explosive inspiration how story works about well how story works metaphors be with you about star wars and our newest podcast welcome to the end times about the good omens book and tv series visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more so one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about as we get into the wish is um, the the effect of isolation on, yeah. you know, we see that, we open with Buffy, right? Worried about faith because faith is isolated, you know? And um and when Xander asked Buffy how she dealt with losing Angel, she says, I had you guys, right? right. So we're talking, we're seeing like this importance of community and how that affects people. Cordelia right now is completely isolated. She had the Scoobies, right? Mm-hmm. She left the Cordettes. She had the Scoobies. She's trying to go back to the Cordettes. She can't. They're mocking her, you know? And then Wishverse Buffy doesn't have her friends. She goes right. to Cleveland, where apparently there are no Willow and Xander analogs. Um, yeah. And whoever her watcher is, is not that great. Uh, and she becomes <laughs> this dark slayer. I mean, she's not Faith. She's kind of Faith a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and so we end up with this like Alterna Buffy version, you know, um, and we've hit a number of times in the story that Buffy is only Buffy because of her friends, you know, and mm-hmm. the support to the point where we had that horrible line from Spike in School Schoolhard, a slayer with family and friends, that sure as hell wasn't in the brochure, <laughs> right? It's a terrible fucking line, but, you know.
1: It's clunky, it, but it tells us what we need to know.
0: But it, yes, it does. It delivers the goods, right? You know, so we see, you know, like what happens to people when they're isolated and how I isolating being the Slayer is, you know, to the point where Spike is surprised. Spike has had interactions with a number of Slayers, as we're going to see as we go through the, the series. Um, and he's surprised that Buffy has a community around her, mm-hmm. you know. So what makes Buffy special as a person is that she's the Slayer. But what makes her special as a Slayer is that she has community. And that's the thing that saves her from becoming this very dark version of Buffy, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah, and I mean, we start even before we hear about, you know, how Buffy got through losing Angel. Mm-hmm. We we have Buffy being choked by this demon. <laughs> Thing right. in the day, de- and of course, it's her. It's the connection with her friends, yeah, that saves mm-hmm. her there. Yeah, so you know, first thing, it's it's friendship, it's communication, it's preparation. You know, they've got their bag of stuff. What kills mm-hmm. a demon? <laughs> <And> <laughs> like they they are. They have each other's backs, and they have each other's backs so often. So to mm-hmm. see you know to see what happens to somebody who doesn't have any kind of support. And I mean even even Kendra and Faith in their own way both remark mm-hmm. on Buffy's connection to other people. Yeah. Um you know Kendra's shocked by it and then of course comes around on on it, you know, mm-hmm. just in time to die. Sure. Because of course mm-hmm. and Faith, right. you know, Faith tells Willow and Xander that, you know, she would have had a better time in high school if she'd right. had friends like them. And mm-hmm. you just see how much isolation is part of being a slayer. So right. slay I mean I don't know. I I I love I love Bizarro World Wishverse Buffy. So Oh, much. I love her. too. too so
0: great. She's so fun. I love how she has no fucks to give. I love the scar on her face. Yes. I love the long hair pulled back in a ponytail. I love the cargo
1: that, pants. Oh my god. I love she's like, she's a she's got a little yeah. bit of like a Laura Croft vibe mm-hmm. with the. Yes, you know, she she's does. a little bit like badass babe has no time right. for any of your bullshit um mm-hmm. you know when she says she says she's gonna put a stake through the demon's heart and giles says she's not a vampire Yeah, <laughs> Buffy says you'd be surprised how often that works <laughs> how many things that'll, that'll kill. kill yeah right. that, yeah she's <sighs> she's but she's all business there's no there's no feeling with mm-hmm. what she's doing, there's no, you know, it's, it's a little bit of the killing machine out to kill the bad guys, but without the, without the, the emotion
0: there. Right, right. I mean, she's, you know, separated from her herself from her own sense of, you know, of clearly of community. You know, I mean, when when Giles calls her watcher, the watcher has no fucking clue where she is, <laughs> but apparently got her the message and she got on a plane pretty fast.
1: Yeah. So Cordelia is alone, which inspires this wish, which then ends up making her even more mm-hmm. alone. And we get to see what happens to the world
0: mm-hmm. with
1: no... With no Buffy and or no with, with no Buffy with the world of Sunnydale with no Sunnydale Buffy
0: with no Buffy yeah um, mm-hmm.
1: and one of the things that happens is that Willow
0: and Xander don't make it. It I know. Oh my God! It is so. I when Cordelia bumps into Xander and she goes <laughs> and she goes. Harmony told me you were dead and then Xander has this like, huh. Wonder why she would say that. You know? yes. it's like the, the way that he plays Xander as a vampire is is so funny and weird and off-putting. And I mean Nicholas Brendan is really good. He's really good. Like he pulls off that like evil, you know, evil vampire Xander thing. Um, but I have to say, as far as stealing the fucking show,
1: <laughs> it's Willow. And this is
0: our first board now. Yep.
1: Bored now.
0: Oh Oh my God. I love Vampire Willow. Vampire Willow is so delightful. And I love when we see her again in Doppelgangland, I'm just going to squeeze the whole time. Oh my God. Oh my God. She's so much fun.
1: Oh my God. Vampire Willow. I mean, I, I, what, uh, <laughs> like, I go pre-verbal. I just, I love her so much. I love her so much. Yeah, The world that is implied just in the choices that Alison Hannigan makes as Vampire Willow, I know. What is this kind of sing-songy, detached voice that she's doing? I love it so much. I love it so much. I know. So and the thing much. is, like,
0: Willow is... You know Willow has been this kind of like mousy type, you oh, know? Right. Um and and when you like when she's making out with Xander, like her tongue is all <laughs> over the place with that, like she you know and when she's straddling Angel the puppy like oh, dear everything God. <laughs> is so like she's so so fun mm-hmm. um, and it's it's so funny the way that, um, you know, Alison Hannigan playing this role against everything that she's ever done but it also brings you back to this you know, essential question, which we've come to before and we're going to come back to again like how much of the original person is in the vampire, yeah. you know? Because both Xander and Willow here are, they're not just like evil versions of Xander and Willow, like Xander and Willow, the originals don't feel like they're in there, like um, Xander, vampire Xander isn't really funny. No. Like he's not funny the way that um that regular Xander is. And I mean, so is that because he has no more insecurities and so no more need to use humor as a defense mechanism? Like is that where that is or is it just that that part of that personality didn't make it through the vampire switch? And and Willow, you know this idea that like I mean, because the difference is you've got the demon, but you've also lost your soul. Right. So what does that do? It doesn't create just a cold killing machine version of those characters. These are entirely different people. These. So I, yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting question. Like their personalities just aren't, you know, Willow's mousiness and her, you know, like... Like, all the things that make Willow Willow are not part of Vampire Willow. And the things that make Xander Xander are not part of of Vampire Xander. So, like, how much of the original personality is lost in the vampire?
1: It's interesting to me how much of Xander's personality really seems to come from a place of insecurity. So that when he's a vampire and he's not trying to impress anybody and he Mm -hmm. doesn't really care and he's got his... You know, he's got his eyeliner going. Right. He just doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't need to use a bunch of words or crack a bunch of jokes because whatever. Whereas Willow is no longer guarded. I mean, she's very, she's very physical. Whereas our Mm -hmm. regular Willow is very, very cerebral. She's very brainy. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Vampire Willow is extremely physical and we definitely Mm -hmm. get more physicality from her than i think we get from willow in pretty much the entire show up to this point by which i Mm -hmm. mean you know she is all over the place you know straddling angel and feeding on this girl that the master doesn't want to eat because she keeps looking at him (laughs) <laughs> How much do I love that moment? But then, and, oh, you know, yeah. and then she's, you know, and she is, she's kissing Xander with her tongue all over everywhere. And she's licking her fingers after she eats mm-hmm. this human. And it's like, where was all of that physicality in our original right. Willow?
0: And I think. So what does that say about like the role of the soul? It's it's more than just a moral compass. Yeah, it's because not, because you can there's be, no like it's, yeah. it's a lack of anxiety. It's a lack of insecurity. It's like it's all of these things. And like how much is the loss of the soul? And then but there's also this like you are a demon. Yeah. Like how much of it is the demon? But if you look at like Spike and Drew.
1: Also, you know, very they're theatrical. evil.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. But they, they seem to maintain yeah. some of who they originally were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that. That the Xander, yeah, Xander really doesn't seem like Xander. And I wonder if maybe uh-huh. that's just because what makes Xander Xander is the is the insecurity and the, you know, male entitlement, which he mm-hmm. doesn't super have as a vampire.
0: Um, well, he's still got entitlement. I he's mean, a vampire. Yeah. It's it's vampiric entitlement, but it's it's another it's another flavor of entitlement. But it's still, that you know, um, but it's he's just, you know yeah. he's,
1: he's not going to leave somebody seventy five messages on their answering machine. No, very true. Very which is true. a thing that people used to have. There used to be answering machines.
0: I know. <laughs> Oh, Oh, old technology. People used to have these things in their homes called phones (laughs) that actually were physically attached by a cord. (laughs) So weird. Yeah,
1: but but in terms of like how much of the vampire is the person and how much of the vampire Mm -hmm. is the demon and how, you know, what carries over. It really, really seems like the show just kind of does whatever it wants based on. Whatever it wants to based do based on the moment. moment, yeah,
0: right. But looking at all of our available evidence, right, it seems like some some people retain more of who they are than others. And then you know we're going to, of course, revisit this in land Yes, you know which will which we'll discuss <laughs> at the time. But Willow's, I think I'm kind of gay. You know, uh, and then Buffy saying, "Well, you know, the vampire has nothing to do with the human," and then he just and like, then "Oh, well, Angel, actually, well,
1: just he's about to vamp splain <laughs> vampires," right. and Buffy gives him
0: a look. I love that. I love I that know. scene so much. We'll get all there. All right, we get right there. all right, we'll talk about yeah. that when we get there. We're getting way ahead, and Doppelganger yeah. Land is going to give us, of course, another opportunity to have this discussion. But I find it really interesting because the thing is that the subtraction of the soul you know, like is part of what becoming a vampire does. And like there's an effect of that. But without the soul, without our crippling anxieties, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Is that how we is that is that what makes us evil if you just have well, I don't know. Okay, it's it's all right. very interesting.
1: I have a theory. <laughs> yes. That it's a dancing is it a demon. It's <laughs> no. a dancing demon? That it is that that the because the judge when he looks at Spike and Drew says is there's is it humanity? Is that the word that he uses? Like, you, yeah. Eureka. So I think it's it's humanity that sets mm-hmm. vampires and humans apart, which, you know, problematic language. So it's not just the
0: soul. It's like, not the, the soul. Because you can have the, of soul it the, the soul and still the soul the seat of humanity? Right. I mean, because that's the thing. And you can have like, no soul. Like, there we soul. see and still have humanity
1: apparently so we're just
0: going to be having this come we're going to be running around this fucking mulberry bush for the entire seven seasons because we go here again we get all of this all of this evidence we get more data and every time we get more data it's just like i don't even i don't know well and then we get to the the end i don't know what are we
1: saying
0: i don't It is. It's it's weird and it's varied and it's odd, just like all of our anxieties. Um, so, skipping into the wish verse a little bit more, we've got the new Scoobies, right? We've got Larry and Oz and Nancy. Who I love every time I talk about this episode this girl has one fucking line you know yeah. where she looks at Cordelia she's talking and like that's it and it's just but she's like got this presence like i yeah. feel this character and that actress never really did that much more i love that actress and then, of course, she's one line is immediately killed. And I'm like, Nancy was cool. Bring her back. <laughs> I want her in Sunnydale. Yeah. I want her as part of the Scoobies. Yeah. There was something about her that was, um, that was kind of a nice energy to it. Like, I don't know. Um, I love, of course, Larry. I love Larry, that Larry being is part the of the, the white hats.
1: I, I love that Larry. I love this group. First of all, I love the idea that even in, this twisted yes. Sunnydale. We still have, you know, Giles the the wannabe demon slayer. You know, we still have. He's still, we, yeah, Giles, he's a rogue demon hunter. He's right? a rogue
0: demon hunter <laughs> with his. Van full right. of teenagers. I, there's, right. there's something... With his van full of te- It's really disturbing how much Giles hangs out with teenagers. Because the thing is <laughs> that if he doesn't have to be a librarian as a cover for being a watcher for the Slayer. Yeah. Then he's hanging out in high school with a bunch of high school friends. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't quite you know, if you if you look at that too closely, that can be disturbing. But it's okay. We know Giles. He's cool. He's okay. It it seems Um, to be
1: okay. It still seems to be here. He needs young people
0: who can run fast. (laughs) Like a bunch (laughs) of middle aged people are not going to be able to fight vampires. So fine. Fair enough. Um, You know, but it's 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 really fun to see Giles kind of leading this group. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I love scruffy sweater giles scruffy I sweater, loved. Giles. giles has not shaved in a little while and let me just tell you i had to take a moment with that
1: <laughs> you had a moment that's good that's i had good. a moment for i like that we each that. had yeah. at least one moment in this episode <laughs> very yes exactly that's that is always it's always it's about right to me you're willow was...
0: i'm giles it's fine it's, it's fine. about standard
1: it's fine right? yeah exactly. pretty good um,
0: um Yeah,
1: yeah, but the, you know, our Alterna Scoobies, and I love the way they, I love the way they pull up in Oz's van, and Giles has a cross, and Oz has a crossbow, and, you know, and Oz and Larry have a little bit of a (laughs) rapport between them, and I'm just... Do they have a
0: rapport? I'm just, well, they're just Are you seeing some (laughs) chemistry there?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They are... when when they're talking to Giles and they're doing just their routine yeah. steak whittling and crossbow maintenance, and there's a real, you know, there's there's just a real intimacy there,
0: and I like I it. I like that idea. And I have headcanoned I like that idea. it that they're a because in in no other way has Oz changed from everybody else is completely different Oz is the same guy you know he's like, I
1: adore Oz can we just I talk know. about how wonderful Oz is we need our
0: moment let's of take a moment
1: Oz appreciation
0: pre pre wish and post wish Oz first of all same guy love yep. it very cool very calm I would have been interesting if they'd had him do something different but I don't even care because I, I love him um but like but what would he even have done like it's so I, great that he's yeah, the same. I know I love he's the same guy because Oz is the balanced human being of the entire run of the goddamn series. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's so like that scene with Willow in the beginning, like his he's angry with her. He's hurt, but he's so kind and compassionate to her. Um, I absolutely love this speech that he gives her. I've got a clip of it. I'm going to run it now.
1: I'm sorry this is hard for you. But I told you what I need. So I can't help feeling like the reason you want to talk is so you can feel better about yourself.
0: That's not my problem. So I love oh God. when he says that's not my problem. He's being so like he's he's establishing and defending his boundaries while at the same time having compassion for her, mm-hmm. but not going out of his way to make her feel better. Like I need to learn how to handle my interpersonal relationships <laughs> from Oz. <laughs> Because I usually just bend over backwards until I absolutely break. And then I come out fist flying and people are like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you put up with all my shit before and now you're not put up with it anymore. I got to find that nice balance between here are my boundaries. Do not cross them. And then, you know, kindly and compassionately separate yourself. It's so wonderful the way that he does that. And I love him.
1: I love the way he says she's starting to talk to him and he says, you've said all this already. Like, he's just, he's acknowledging what she's doing Mm -hmm. in this really kind way. Yeah. Where, and he says, I told you what I need. Like, (laughs) it's so good. It's so wonderful. And I love, something I love about that scene is that I feel for both of them. Yes. I love Mm -hmm. a scene where characters are on opposite sides of an issue and I feel for both of them that is Mm -hmm. that oh that is the power of really really good writing and characterization
0: because I yeah I mean that complexity and nuance it's wonderful so good
1: Oz I mean we all need to channel a little bit more Oz in our lives oh
0: my god I know Oz is the guy like Oz is, <laughs> Oz is who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> he's so good. He's so centered. He's so perfect. I mean, the thing and the problem with Oz is he's a little bit too perfect, even in his imperfections, even in his weird moments. Like he's so yes. perfect the whole time until we hit season four and he loses his goddamn mind. But whatever oh, we will get there yeah. when we get there. Um, but it's just like, it's so great. And Oz is such a, like there's something whenever Oz is on screen, I feel comforted. Yes. You know, I feel like I feel like there is somebody in the room who is gonna be you know, like wonderful and kind no matter what. I mean, he is absolutely fantastic and I think that he can be that great because he does have such firm boundaries because like he you know and that's the thing like bo- like fences make good neighbors boundaries make good relationships mm-hmm. like if you can and my problem is I don't really put down any boundaries until somebody has gone way too far taking advantage and then I snap you know so I gotta find a way around that but anyway this is oh I'm sorry is this not my therapy podcast personally <laughs> this is alright so let's talk a little bit more about us I love I love him when he is um, when they're you know he's looking at Cordelia who died you oh know. and he's like so Cordelia wished for something well it was a long happy life she'd get her money back and like it's exactly Oz in the wish first Oz is regular oh universe Oz it's just Oz
1: Oz I love he's Oz. so great I love Oz and of course Oz we've talked about this a little bit before but one of the reasons that Oz is is able to be so wonderful as a character is that 3 days out of the month he is a true monster. Yeah. Totally yeah. out of control. Because that's part of what is so comforting about Oz's presence is that he is so thoughtful and in control. Yeah. Uh, he's mm-hmm. very much he's he's got great self-knowledge. He's very mm-hmm. um kind and compassionate to the people around him except that he's also a werewolf. <laughs> and, yeah. And I love this contrast like the way it's almost like the the toll that Oz pays Mm -hmm. for being for all of that awesome yeah all that awesome is he becomes (laughs) a literal monster right with no with no memory like no connection to his his werewolf self which is something that you know we'll learn a little bit more about as we go along but I Oz is a fascinating character. If Oz had his own show, I would be so yeah. here for it. I I
0: just I just want Oz talking to me. Like what I want is for <laughs> the writers of Buffy to write Oz and have Seth Green do it, but it's just like a podcast where Oz just tells you stuff. Like Oz just talks, you know. Oh my god. <laughs> I just want I just want wisdom from Oz.
1: In the my wisdom of Oz. every day the wisdom the of us there's Oz. your title right oh there oh my god
0: it'd be so great <laughs> okay gotta make that happen marty noxon i'm talking to you go write that for me um because the world needs it oh my absolutely god. freaking needs it oh my um all god. right so one thing we haven't really talked about that much is angel is the puppy <laughs> Oh baby. <laughs> so this is really interesting to me. I love this this part of the world building that Angel of course never met Buffy, never had sex with Buffy, didn't become Angelus, came to Sunnydale was waiting for Buffy. The Master took over and this is what happened. And now we're in this dystopia where he's kept in a cage and Willow torments him all the time. Mm-hmm. The vampire with a soul, right? You know. Ooh. Um I love all of that, and I think it's so fantastic. And then we have Buffy coming in. He's like Buffy, you know, because he had seen her before. Yeah. Like he knew who she was. He was. I came here. I waited for you. You never showed up, you know. Um, and uh, and then there's that moment. First of all, she sees him, this tormented guy in a cage. Right, mm-hmm. and is just gonna leave him. She doesn't know he's a vampire yet. Is just gonna leave him there, which, by the way, is a cold, bad turn for Buffy. I mean, but I kind of like it, but yeah. it's cold, you yeah. Know? Um, not her problem, then, <laughs> right? Exactly. Not my circus. Not my monkeys. Um, and she. Ends up talking to him, and he calls her in. She starts to, you know, um to to free him from his chains. He flinches at her cross, and she's like, "Oh my god, you got to be kidding yes! me!" And just walks again. away,
1: like doesn't even.
0: I love she's that. She's not
1: even gonna bother. She's like, "Oh, you've got to be kidding me!" And she just like, goes to leave. It's wonderful
0: it's so fantastic i love that whole interaction between them um and then when we get to the fight right you know this fight scene at the factory you know as they're as they're opening up their humans on tap you know uh thing and um it's it's so interesting. Like, I mean, first of all, we got you know the master. It's wonderful to have Mark Metcalf back. You know, it's I always fun squealed. to see him. I squealed.
1: I forgot he was he was part of yeah. the wish. I was. Yeah. I squealed when his name popped up in the opening credits. I it's love so the master so much. Sorry, continue. It's
0: so great. No, it's been it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so you know we have him back. We have this whole scene with all the vampires, and as I'm watching them, you know he's like mass produced and you know right from the source for freshness and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but but don't vampires like? Hunt. isn't that part of like the fun of being a vampire is the actual killing of the people you know um so there was that i was like okay you know fine whatever um as a business decision it doesn't seem <laughs> like like that's the that's the thing that people are really that vampires are really gonna enjoy um but then we have this this fight scene right you know angel brings buffy into the, the factory, they release all the humans, everybody fights, and we see them all kill each other with absolutely no knowledge of what they mean to each other. She, um, Buffy, uh, dust vampire or Buffy, dust Xander, mm-hmm. right? Um, Oz and Larry just push Willow, yeah, vampire Willow into the you know, the shard of wood uh-huh. hanging off the, the gate there. Um, and then the master just snaps Buffy's neck, yeah. Yeah, you know, and,
1: and before that, Angel gets hit with a crossbow, and he says, yeah. "Buffy, yeah," as he Buffy dissolves as into he dies. dust. It is okay. All right, I am not a a puddle of goo, you know, weeping mess <laughs> with respect to this show yet. Uh huh. This De- is after becoming. I mm-mm. you didn't cry no. and weep for days no. after becoming. Nope. I'm a, oh, my God. Because I'm a cold-hearted snake. Um, but, <laughs> but this this sequence, this fight sequence, yeah. Yeah. gives me all of the feelings. I get a little mm-hmm. b- like, I get the goosebumps, the full-body goosebumps. I get a little bit teary-eyed because it's, first yeah. of all, it's just so beautiful. You know, it's in slow it's, motion. Yeah. We've got this, you know, we've got our dramatic music, which is cheating for giving us right. the feels. But... It's so meaningless that all of these mm-hmm. character deaths. I mean, yes, they're not the same characters that we know, but, but yeah, they, they are. Were.
0: But <laughs> they were. And they know nothing about each other. They mean nothing to each other. And it is so... And that's so heartbreaking. It's so
1: heartbreaking to watch them, These these people who we've seen in relationship in all of these ways for you know, however many episodes yeah. now. And they just, I mean, when Angel and Xander and Willow just dissolve into dust and there's nothing left of them, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, beautifully foreshadowed at the beginning, of course, when Buffy mm-hmm. says that, you know, I guess these guys don't go poof, but that's something good right. about vampires is that once they're gone, mm-hmm. they're gone. And they're yeah. just gone. And, and it's so, and it's oh, like I, just, <laughs> I know. it's so sad. It's so sad. It's so and we couldn't, sad. we couldn't smash Anya's pendant before the master snapped Buffy's neck. And she right. just falls out of frame in slow motion. No, mm-hmm. we had to see her. <laughs>
0: we had to We have had that. to see her of die. Of course we had to have reality. that. this reality.
1: And I'm just, <laughs> Like, I can't. I know. I, this is, so this is where my feelings just come flooding in. Oh. It's this, like, sequence <laughs> of all of them not knowing who they are and who they were supposed
0: to not be, and you know? knowing each other, and who they are to each other, and um, and yeah, I have to revisit Scruffy Sweater Giles a little bit. Um, oh, were you not because done? Because my sorry. goddamn show. I'm sorry. You're no, not I'm done. not done. I'm not done. I love him so much. Um, when he summons Anya, right? Like yeah. he's there figuring it all out. He summons Anya. Uh, you know, Anya is scary demon face, right? You know, she, he's got her power center, you know, again, uh-huh. why did she give it to her? Why, whatever. Uh, but I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Um, and he smashes it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's so, you know, how do you know that the world is going to be any better than this? It has to yeah. be, you know? and sm- it's giles. so wonderful keeping the faith i love giles. i love scruffy sweater oh. rogue giles he makes me so happy
1: he's so great and he's so cute about flexing he his is. watcher muscles and like he is he's like mm-hmm. yeah okay i got this like seeing giles come back to himself a little bit too because yeah. he was yeah. a watcher like we we find out when he's talking to cordelia you know, she says, mm-hmm. you were her watcher. And he's like, how'd you know I was a... W- I never told, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's clearly something that he's, you know, it's a bit of a pain point for Childs that he's yeah. not a watcher, yeah. but he still has yeah. all of this knowledge and all of these books and, uh, like, yeah. he's so delighted with himself when he finds the symbol of Anyaka in the book, you know, right. he's just like... I love I love watching Giles come back to his watcher powers.
0: It's, yeah. And, no, it's really nice. But you can see that this has taken a toll on him. And we have this, you know, this, uh, the effect of isolation on Buffy, what that's done to her. But not having Buffy has clearly done something to Giles. i mean the master you know the master will rise that was the end so what happened what we averted the apocalypse we averted at the end of season one clearly mm-hmm. was not and the master has been running the show ever since and that, that'll you know that'll take a toll on a guy i'm sure um but god the take a toll on giles anytime because he look good <laughs> <laughs> Uh huh. Yes, I may. I may just watch this again later. Um, (laughs) So Noel, what are you wearing? Oh, what are we wearing? What are we wearing in this
1: Bizarro world? How shall we? I know how. how, However, shall we? The costume department show that this is a Bizarro (laughs) world. If not with Bizarro costumes, I love all of the costumes. I love the production design, the whole thing. But. You know, Cordelia is our is our central character for this episode. Mm -hmm. So she gets to wear the baby blue, which is kind of Buffy's color usually. I mean blue Mm -hmm. blue in um American film and television is usually a good guy color. Not always, but Mm -hmm. often is a good guy color. Yeah. And here we get to put it on Cordelia in her come bite me outfit, Mm -hmm. which I just love. Um but I love, I love the shift in everyone's wardrobe once it becomes yeah. the wish first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talked a little bit about the cordettes already and just how yeah. they look so good. They look so good as a group. And Harmony has her hair in that tight bun and everything is very, mm-hmm. you know, it's very dark because, of course, we have this idea that vampires are attracted to bright colors. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. but more importantly, like they look very, conservative and they look like they've seen some shit because they have they have
0: (laughs) well certainly everybody has yeah you know yeah Yeah. and i
1: just i really really enjoy it i and i love the way cordelia stands out in her bright blue Mm -hmm. i love that she clearly is not of this bizarro world um (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, can you talk about Giles's sweater? Can I no. talk about Giles's sweater?
1: Yeah, just, just. So Giles, Giles is wearing a sweater. Why? Giles is. I like that in the world where Giles is not a watcher. Yeah. There, there's no tweed. He's. It's there's a, no tweed. There's no tweed. There's no tweed. It's, where are you going to go shopping for tweed in the middle of the apocalypse? <laughs> But it suggests, you know, it suggests a more casual Giles because he does take it his does. role as watcher very seriously and he dresses he, does, he yes. dresses for the job he wants, okay? Like he right? dresses for the <laughs> dress for the apocalypse you want. And dress for the apocalypse you want. I mean <laughs> you want. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and his oh, little but like his little forest screen sweater and his, he's, he he looks know. you know he looks scruffy he looks i
0: like i excellent. like scruff I gotta say you know I like the scruff on a guy I really do <laughs> now see if
1: if I want to scratch up my inner thighs I'm gonna do it on Spike's cheekbones not <laughs> stubble <laughs>
0: well if it's grown out enough. <laughs> Chipperish behind the scenes, everyone. This is, this is becoming an entirely different podcast, but you know what? I kind of like That's it. Okay. This is sort of like wish verse wish verse, still pretty. Oh my right? god! I mean, Why did we not do we're that? A alternative. God damn I it. don't know because I didn't think about okay. it. I didn't think about it beforehand. But yeah. next
1: Bizarro World episode, we're doing something bizarre, and we'll do something anyway. We'll do something bizarre. But I would be, I would be very, very bad costume mm-hmm. appreciator. Um, yes, if I did not talk about. Vampire willows.
0: Oh, what? My god.
1: What is this thing wow. that she is wearing?
0: I Wow. I love it. And we're going oh we'll oh to see it again. Oh my god. Oh my god, we're going to see it again. It is Oh my god. It is so wonderfully done because the thing is is that Allison Hannigan is a very beautiful woman yes. you know but she's dressed down she's dressed like a a kid yeah. you know which is appropriate for what she's doing but here like <laughs> that's a different that's a different side of her that's a
1: different look Her. I mean, and we go, you know, like, let's let's just do, we'll just do the whole the whole package. We'll just do head to toe. So the willow willow hair, classic willow hair is, of course, you know, flat ironed for days. Uh Vampire willow hair is a little bit. She's got a little sex hair. She's got a little perma sex hair. It's that she does the flat ironed hair that has been roughed up, you know, perhaps with some puppy play. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then she's got, you know, they have just made her look absolutely gorgeous makeup wise. Mm -hmm. I mean, very, very sultry. It's this beautiful goth look that I'm just I'm like, she's a vampire sex kitten. She's Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's something there's something magical about that that
0: corset Top with the red under. With the little frill at the top? I mean, that little bit of frill, though. Is so Willow. Yes. Like, we we lose all of Willow, like, through this, like, we lose pretty much everything that makes Willow Willow, except that little girly touch of frill. Yeah, a little ruffle, you know,
1: (laughs) know, especially because she's wearing, especially because she's wearing pants. She's not wearing a Drusilla kind of gown. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, she's a vampire who likes to hunt. So she's got her pants and she's got her chunky boots on. Uh-huh. But then this corset top with the lo- with the bell sleeves and the little bit of the ruffle, yeah. I'm like, "Yep, there's Willow. Yeah, there she is." Yeah, and that's yeah. oh god, oh god, and of course, vamp Xander is like vampire James Dean, like he's you know <laughs> white t-shirt under you know black. He's yeah. just. It, we're just making Xander like it's the best Xanders ever looked at least for my money. Yeah, and I'm God, it's no it's it's some good Xander. Kind of sad to Xander. see him go, but oh man, <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man, vampire! Va- I love vamp versions of characters. I think we see that is so
0: fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we don't get to see everybody on the show in Vamp Face at some point, but...
0: No, and we only got to see Buffy in Vamp Face once in Nightmares, you know, and it seems like that's an opportunity we've really missed exploring. But um, yeah, it is very fun to see the vampire versions of them. And Xander's whole voice, like when he vamps out, his whole voice is so different and evil and it's really weird but um yeah no i love it yeah i love being able to see these like bizarro versions of of people these different takes on people like whenever we go back into the flashbacks and of course i'm usually not a big fan of flashbacks for lots of reasons i'm not going to go into it now um <laughs> but you know when we see like spike before he was turned drusilla oh drusilla's tragic before she was turned um you know uh, liam who's angel before he was turned like all of that stuff um is it's so interesting to To see, like, these human versions of these characters and what's happened to them over all of these, you know, centuries that they've been rampaging through the world. Uh, Really, really interesting. Yeah. Really fun.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm All right. So what you got for the patriarchy? I mean, (laughs) I haven't.
1: I haven't uh, flexed my. Miss muscles in a while but Sander <laughs> is the fucking worst at the beginning of this episode. I God. mean, yeah. And it's, you know, it's played for comedy and
0: uh, whatever. I just... Really, it's all their fault. Well, at least, I mean, that's the thing. Like, really, it's all their fault. At least we're calling it out. But he is leaving all of these messages for Cordelia, who clearly doesn't want to talk to him. And I mean, granted, Willow's kind of doing the same thing to Oz. She's stalking him yeah. at his locker. And then she comes to him and he's like, you already told me all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then Xander, you know, when they're at the bronze and he's like making everybody, you know, making... Um, Buffy and Willow laugh with him and all this kind of stuff and trying to like show up Cordelia. And you know, like Willow has a point. it's yeah. like, we're the ones who did this thing. We should shut up and take it. Yeah. You know? And he's, and he's like, so... no, I'm living in the now. Oh, yeah. God.
1: And he's so pouty when she doesn't want to touch his hand. Yes. He's yes. so pouty. She is, yes. you know, she sets this boundary with him and she's clearly like, Not excited about it, but she understands that part of what she needs to do to repair things with Oz is to not have any sort of a physical relationship with Xander, whether they're friends or not. And he Mm -hmm. is so sulky about it. And I just want to be like, get over yourself. But the, I mean, the leaving 70 gazillion messages for someone who does not want to talk to you is
0: Mm -hmm. not okay.
1: It's not okay. Yeah. It is the kind of behavior that we see escalate into, I mean, violence. Mm-hmm. Like, in, And it is yeah. a form of violence. Like calling mm-hmm. someone who has asked you not to call them, that's violence. Yeah. Like it really what is. What
0: did she say last week, Xander? Stay away from me. Yeah. Right? If she wants to talk to him, she'll get in touch with him. Yeah. yeah. You know? No. Yeah.
1: And of course, I mean, and we have like john lee coming in just being gross to be gross oh, you know
0: god maybe if you want to go someplace
1: private oh i
0: mean he's it's there so disgusting he's
1: there to humiliate cordelia and he does a great yeah. job of it and it is so disgusting um mm-hmm. and of course you know cordelia's racist interaction with the maintenance guy because mm-hmm. racism and classism love to party with the patriarchy. It's all one big yeah. oppressive system.
0: So, Cordy, no, I love you. Terrible. You're not off
1: the hook for that. That's no. bullshit.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, no, and I mean, I think, yeah. like, you know, on the one hand, I believe that she is clearly being presented as an asshole for doing. Oh, that. Oh, totally. But not quite a like. It's, it's it's one of those things where like, are is she? Yeah. You know, like, I think so. I see her as being an asshole, but is she clearly like being, you know, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's not good. Yep. It's not good.
1: Yep. So that's what I got. And I d- and I do love Anya. Calling out the patriarchy mm-hmm. a little bit, you know what I do to a man who uses that spell to summon <laughs> me. How summon dare me. you stay in your lane,
0: Giles? You know, exactly, like, stay in your. Lane. I love it. I love right. it. No, it's fantastic. All right, so what you got for the girl power moment? Of the I week? really love Buffy
1: refusing to make it us against Cordelia.
0: You yes. mentioned
1: the scene at the Bronze where Xander's trying mm-hmm. to, you know, make it into these two camps, and Buffy's like not All having right. it. She's like, no, you know, Cordelia has been Mm -hmm. through some shit. I mean, Cordelia was the Mm -hmm. one who got impaled. Like that's right. That that alone would be some serious, serious, you know, trauma. But then to try to make it about, you know, team. Yeah. Team us versus team Cordelia. Buffy's not having it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I just I love that. And then Buffy goes to try to talk to Cordelia. And says like, look, well, I, you yeah. know I've been through, and something. to say you don't
0: have to, you don't have to lose your friends. Yeah. like I can still be your friend, and I think that that was such an incredibly sweet thing for her to do. Yeah,
1: yeah, it raises an interesting question for me though about the whole focus of the episode that you mm-hmm. know Anya, of course, is pressing Cordelia to wish for something to happen to Xander because right, you know, Xander has wronged Cordelia. And Cordelia makes it about Buffy. And I'm really, yeah. really interested in, like, what we're doing there with respect to, like, girl, girl-on-girl hatred and, like, yeah. the way that... And
0: also that she's mad at Buffy. Buffy
1: was not kissing Xander. I know. I know. It's not even Willow. It's not... It's not even it's Willow. A... Yeah. It is a really, really interesting position and of course it gets us into this bizarre world which is what we want but I'm just which is
0: it's it's yeah I, I think that it's not a deliberate statement so much as this is the avenue through which we are going to get to the wish verse, right you know um but it is kind of interesting how Cordelia's ire ends up being directed toward Buffy and blaming Buffy for everything that has happened to her Mm -hmm. because, you know, once Buffy got here, that she made Xander cool. Right. You know? Um, so yeah, it, it is a bit of that internalized misogyny mm-hmm. where women, instead of holding the man responsible for doing what he's done and uh, uh, usually get mad at the other woman, but apparently we're, <laughs> she's getting mad at like a third party woman. Um, but yeah, like the, the holding other women responsible instead of the men. Um, although she, she is also angry. With Xander, so I mean, it's all there. Uh, this just happens to be the wish that she she ends up getting. You know, it's the first one she says; it's the one that gets enacted. Um, but it's uh, it is it is kind of it's a little bit uncomfortable in that moment because of that girl on girl misogyny that we see so much. But uh, but it gets us there. Yeah. It gets us to the wish yeah. first, which is really and fun. And I like
1: that it comes. I like that Cordelia's wish comes on the heels of Buffy trying to, yeah,
0: yeah, you know, true. reach
1: out to Cordelia. I like. Mm-hmm. I mean. I guess you could make an argument for that kind of like misplaced ire, especially because yes. this is like the last straw of the vampire right? you know pushing Cordelia into the trash and she's just had it oh, God. at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a it's an interesting it's that it's that friction between Buffy and Cordelia that we sometimes get and sometimes don't. And mm-hmm. it it seems to kind of ebb and flow based on what we need the episode to do.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So what's your favorite part? Oh my God.
1: Um <laughs> I have so many favorite parts. It's not fair. It's not fair. I think I mean, I think the real answer to that is that, that slow-mo fight scene where mm-hmm. everyone just yeah. It's Everyone just dies and they have no idea who they it's are so to each powerful. other. Oh, no. Yeah, it it makes me it makes me feel things. It points up <laughs> that isolation and what it's yeah. it, it, shame on the show. It made me feel things. Now I have to go uh, God damn it. I have to go retreat to my cave of cynicism. <laughs> It makes me feel things about connections to friends and lovers and the world and everything. Yes. All right.
0: Okay. (laughs) What's your favorite part? I got to say, it's Wish vs. Buffy. I love the kick-ass, no-fucks-given version of Buffy that we have here. Um, She's really fun. She's really edgy. Uh, You know, I I love the way she's styled. I love everything about her. She's really fun. She's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's it for today to join in the discussion on twitter follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Noelle Aloud and use the hashtag still pretty
0: or you can keep Chipperish Media going to the tune of a dollar a month or more and gain access to the live chat in Discord, where you can hang out with me and Noelle and all the Chipperish patrons who wished us into bizarro land, and Willow and Sander are still together. You can also show your
1: support by giving Still Pretty a great review on Apple Podcasts, or by telling your friends about the show, or by making a monkey's paw wish that turns the world into a dark dystopia run by demons. Wait. Hold on a minute. Did one of you make a monkey's paw wish that turned the world into a dark dystopia run by demons? Because that actually would explain a
0: lot. It really would. We will be back next time with Amends, the 10th episode of Season 3. Until then, board now.